0: This is Business Women Australia podcast featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, onto the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, focus on how far you have come and not how far you'll have to go. Gratitude for what you have achieved is more powerful than dissatisfaction with what you feel you still need to achieve. Now joining me on today's show is Catherine Leach. Catherine is a family lawyer of 30 years. She's a certified life coach and she's also the founder and owner of one of Australia's largest solely female-owned law firms. She is passionate about women in business and providing women with clarity to achieve their goals. Now, she's also the governance director for the Asia Pacific on the regional council of the Global Entrepreneurs Organization. As a lawyer, she provides strategic advice for her clients to obtain the best of outcomes who are largely professionals and business owners or their spouses. Now, Catherine's been married for 20 years and she has two teenage boys as well. On today's show, Catherine's going to share what is the feminization of business and how is it relevant. She's going to talk about how to create a culture that is productive and nurturing while still being profitable, as well as how to juggle home and work so that your goals and dreams are not forgotten. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Hi, anne it's good to have you here. I was looking through some of the statistics that you shared through for the interview and one of them that I'd love to share uh, today with others is that, that women now constitute over 50% of the legal profession, but still, this is 2022, they still only comprise of 24% when it comes to equity partners. What's happening? Why is it the, the number still only 24%? There's probably a combination of things, Anne-Marie. I don't think it's one thing that we can point to.
1: Um, There is a very large dropout of women in that mid tier range. So about the time when they wanna have a family and they're juggling work and and babies um, and trying to climb that that ladder and be on the partnership track. I think there's a very high percentage of women who just say, listen, this is too hard. I'm gonna park this now, or I'm gonna start my own firm, or I'm going to just work for somebody that's not gonna cause too much stress. Um, And that's where I feel a lot of the dropouts
0: happening at the moment. Yes. It's a shame, isn't it? Because there's so many women that can contribute. And we're going to talk about, you know, what is feminization of business? How is it relevant? And how can we create environments that don't have these dropouts, but rather women wanting to continue to, uh, to, to be in these, these environments? So let's dive in. What is the feminization of business and how is it relevant today? To my mind, the feminization of business is, is
1: creating a business environment where it's not women mimicking how males lead and how males do business. It's it's being authentic leaders. And that might look different for everybody. And some women might have a leadership style that is very masculine. And there's no right or wrong, but I think it really drills down to this being authentic leaders, um, mm. and and a really good leader can be a very calm and nurturing and empathetic leader. As a really good leader, leader can be a very strong and directional and um, you know assertive leader. They they they're not they're not good or bad. They're just different.
0: Yes. And do you think that when we're talking about authentic leadership, that's obviously someone needs to be aware of what is authentic for me? What are the ways that I approach that? Yes, they may be different to what has been happening, but when I bring myself and my leadership to the team in this way, in this style, this approach, it's going to benefit them. What do you find we need to do? Is it is as individuals, as women, is it as organization, a blend of both? How can we support the environment that would encourage that? Um, The the businesses
1: need to support, as you say, they need to support people being authentic leaders. And so it's not a one-size-fits-all where you go to a training program and this is the checklist that you give everybody when you're directing or leading. Um, It's understanding, I suppose, what leadership looks like. Um, Also seeing other people that have different leadership styles. If you can't see it, you can't be it. So if you're only seeing masculine men leading, then it, it, you know you're not going to have an idea that there is another way. You know the the if I liken it to say court appearances, okay. So, you know, court is a fairly um, aggressive environment. Quite often, it's a it's an acrimonious, litigious environment, and so as lawyers, we've grown up with this idea of being aggressive and being, you know, no nonsense and not taking any prisoners and, and all the rest of it. And, and women are finding that there is, you can be quiet and you can be um, not showy and not dramatic and still get your point across and still be respected. And there's a really big um learning curve i think for lawyers who've grown up on the tv watching all the you know la law and suits and all the rest of it and how lawyers shout and stomp and throw things and and that's not what all lawyers do so again it's the providing the example and being you know subjected to other people and other styles
0: Yes. Talk a little bit then about um, the environment, the, the business, as, and as leaders, is one of the things that I have heard time and time again from people that have come on the show and other other podcasts as well, is the importance of top-down, isn't it? That we can say certain things, but unless our actions uh, also continue to validate and, and to be aligned with what we're saying... Things, things are still not going to change in the workplace. So what can we be doing in the workplace that would help with that ongoing um, I- encouragement of, you know, women bringing more of themselves and, and contributing that, that way that perhaps maybe organisations don't realise that this could really help encourage women to do that? Have you seen some things that are working really well? yeah i think it's absolutely top down and it's taken me a long time to
1: realize the the major influence that you have as a leader on how everything filters down and i suppose one of the examples i can give is that until probably about five years ago we were um 100 women so at one stage i had 30 women working for me and everybody's first reaction to that is oh my god that must be a nightmare everyone's you know they're all bitchy and they're all being horrible to each other and i kept saying, it never happens. It's it's never happened. We have, you know, here and there, but as a whole, we're a very loving, supportive, caring environment. And when I thought about it, I don't gossip. So I don't go to one of my, you know, team and say, oh, have you seen what this person's doing? And I heard about this. I just don't countenance it. So if somebody comes to me and says, listen, this is what's going on. I say, okay, that's interesting. Yep. Leave it with me and they just so you don't if you don't create that environment it doesn't occur yes. and, and all of leadership is like that you know so you can't you can't have a um a policy that there's a, a work-life balance and then have me in the office seven days a week 12 hours a day because you know people feel compelled to show up right yes if I'm doing it you know I've had a very balanced um work life I had um one of my early offices when when I had my second child was a kilometer from my house and my husband who's a full-time home dad used to drive past the office two or three times a day with my kids in the car and I would see them out the window of my office and I would walk out and have a chat to them so it was very connected to my kids even though I was working and I didn't work nights and I didn't work weekends and I've had a lot you know obviously with 30 women I've had a lot of women um with children you know maternity leave, all that sort of stuff, and they've been able to see the example that I set, which is that there there is a balance, there is an ability, and sometimes it's a lot of work and sometimes it's a lot of home and sometimes it's equal, but that's pretty rare. It's, you know, working out what's the priority at the time and, and living it.
0: Yes. And, you know, as you're sharing that, one of the things that uh, often, and, and I know that in the guest profile, you said, you know, women, and you've already confirmed women leaders need to be visible to show other women what is possible. And one of the things that you've said as a role model, as the, the, the leader, you know, as the director, the founder of the business, how you show up, how you become that role model, don't you, for, for others. And you've also said this, and I'd love you to speak a little bit about this, because obviously this is something that you've seen. You've said, if you treat your team like adults, they will behave like adults. Tell me about this. What, what, why is this so important and for others to be exuding in their workplace as well? I've always had a policy with my lawyers that they need
1: to meet a certain KPI each month. And I've said to them, listen, I don't care how you do it. If you can do it in one day a month, knock yourself out. I'm happy for you to work whatever hours you want to work. If you have to work seven days a week to achieve it because you've had a couple of weeks off or you've done other things, that's your issue. I don't want to be involved in that. And as long as the clients are not complaining and your work gets done you know, go for it. And I remember, um, I had a lawyer that I hired, um, I don't know, quite a few years ago. And she had come from another law firm that had a strict 8.30 till 5 policy. And you had to be behind your desk at 8.30. Otherwise, the managing partner would come and speak to you. And she was an athlete. She was in a competition, and she needed to train in the morning. And it just wasn't conducive to her living that life. And she was so shocked when, when I was interviewing her and I said, you know, start at, start at nine. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a brilliant lawyer. She, she just, you know, she did so well and she had two babies um, while she was with me and, she's, you know, she's gone on and, and done great stuff. So I, I just always have that policy. And I, the thing is I don't want to be a micromanager. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't have the patience or the personality or the time to go around and check on it, what everybody's doing and they won't have the confidence if you're constantly double checking on them.
0: Yeah, that's right. And that goes back to what you were saying, treat them like adults, give them the parameters, the expectations, and how they achieve that will be very dependent on, as you say, how they manage their day, their week, their month. Um, That's so, so important. And that segues beautifully into how do we create a culture that's productive and nurturing while still being profitable? You've obviously been able to achieve that. What are some of the insights that you can share that you really, looking back, can see have been paramount? To being able to have that productivity, that nurturing, while still being profitable. The, the first
1: point is is top down again. So it's it's being um, being empathetic, being flexible, um, being understanding, all of those things. So, so they get that from the leadership. Um, creating the culture it, it takes work and it takes time, but the foundation for it is um, for us has been setting out what our, our core values are and you know when you think about that you think oh it's a little bit cheesy and we're all you know we've all got integrity and we've all got respect and blah blah, blah, blah. Um, but you've actually got to live the values so we integrate them into everything we do um, so for example one of our values is connection and um, that's really important to us because we want that um, team environment where everybody steps in and helps with each other and so on. And so, you know, every week we'll have a meeting and you'll give an appreciation for someone in the team and you'll link it to a value. So today, um, you know, someone talked about something someone had done and said, you know, that is, that's an example of connection and then that appreciation gets fed back to the person who, who lived those values. And, and for that, that's that's been really successful for us. But it, as I say, it takes planning, it takes work. And you've got to repeat it over and over till it's almost a joke where they're like oh god here we go again here come the values but you know that's how you get it stuck in their mind and so everything that everybody does ties back to the values which is 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 good stuff but also bad stuff you know you you spoke really badly about this person and and they were very upset you know that doesn't exhibit one of our values how do you feel about that
0: yes
1: um and i had a I i had a team member in a review talking about an area that that she's not very good at and I said oh, okay well what are we going to do and she said well I you know I'm going to change because that doesn't you know that's not respectful and that's one of our values and I'm not living that and I need to change and i was say like, okay well I didn't even need to say anything you've already identified it so great
0: Yes. What I love about you sharing that is that it's such an important reminder. You hear of organisations that do all of these brainstorming, everyone's around the table, they're coming up with what the cultures are, it may even become a plaque on the wall, but then it's never really lived Breathe, breathed, is it? And mm-hmm. that, I think, can end up doing more damage overall to the culture because it always does become a joke. Well, they're not living that anyway. And again, top down, I think, from from as leaders, are we living and exuding the, the values because if we don't, how do we expect our, our team? And I'm sure that that comes across too to the clients that we work with and the stakeholders across the organisation. Have you got feedback from that as well? the the feedback we get is
1: commonly around um, what a supportive and nurturing environment it is i mean we do family law so it's a very emotional time for a lot of people um we had one lady that um sadly had breast cancer during her time with us and she told us that at times we were the only support that she had which is really huge and such a you know such an honor to have people put their trust in us you know in in that very vulnerable time of their lives so it, it my thing with all of my people is you know you have to love your clients you can't even if you get frustrated with them you can't go behind their back and bitch about them to everybody because that's going to come out in your interactions with them you know they're all important and special and lovable and challenging at times but we just have to have to really relay that because you know you know you know when somebody is annoyed with you or thinks that you're doing something wrong.
0: Yes. And you've got those core values to always go back on, isn't it? it? It really is the the line in the sand if you if you we can call it that. Something else that I'd love to get your feedback on as well because one of the things that we know to be true and other organisations have also experienced that, is that when you're so clear on your core values and you live and breathe them, the people that you attract to the organisation, the reason they are attracted to the organisation is they have similar core values and they, they appreciate the values of the organisation. Looking back and thinking about the, the, I think you were saying that there's been 30 women that have been part of your practice, you see a similarity in the people that are attracted to the to the organization because of the fact that they resonate with the values of the company yeah i I, look i think i don't think there are ever bad people i think there are just
1: bad fits so the people that that we have that we love are, are a great fit for us and if they're not a great fit they can go on to another business and be a great fit there and do really well so i'm never Really upset with people leaving, or if we if we hire badly, because I just think you just don't always get it right, um, and people you know people can can choose where they want to be. Yeah. Um, it, it also extends interestingly that you say that it extends to our clients to a degree because um, we have really nice clients on the whole. They're they're just really really nice people, um, and we tend to find that from time to time we may get a client in who wants us to do stuff that's really unnecessarily aggressive um, and just doesn't really sit with how we operate as lawyers and, and sometimes a little bit, um, you know, on the line or crossing the line. And we find that generally they choose to go elsewhere when they realise that that's not how we operate. Yes. And, and that that makes me feel good, even though I always hate to lose clients, but it makes me feel good because it makes me realise that we do attract and keep pe- people who align with, With our values and we're all about you know being practical and being sensible and and being clear and if we can't offer those things because somebody doesn't want those things then you know we're we're not the right fit.
0: Yeah, so true. And we always hear when we we're talking to to business consultants and coaches that we have to be so clear on our, who our ideal clients. And we do our best work when we're working with their our, our ideal clients. And one of those is, is as you said, the fit to the culture, and um, and so that we all work well well together. Something that I'd love to get your feedback on. And we've talked about leadership and about role models. We've talked about top down. One of the things that you've said is recruitment is never linear. You're either Spiraling down or spiraling up. And the minute your team lose faith in their leader, the spiral downward begins with the challenges that so many leaders across all different firms and and industries have gone through over the last couple of years, what are some of the things that you've done as a leader to ensure that even in the most challenging of uncertain times, that you can still be the kind of leader that your team has faith in, even despite the the challenges and uncertainties going on in the the industry and, and around the world? Are there some things that you've been doing Doing that have been the glue, so to speak, in, in keeping the team together? One of the big things that happened
1: has happened in the last few years that, that I think um, was a big moment for me as a leader was um, probably in, in March 2020 um, when... Um, Italy was locked down beginning of COVID and there was so much uncertainty and, and we didn't have any cases in Perth at the time, but it, we were all sort of on tenderhooks waiting. Um, and because of my connections with the Entrepreneurs' Organization, which is global, um, there was a, a, a live town hall from Italy where a whole bunch of Italians got on and talked about their experience um, and shared that with us all. And from that, it was very clear you know, what their life was like in lockdown, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, And I felt very empowered having that knowledge, not just the rumour and the supposition, but actual factual information. And so there was a certain point, it was a Sunday night, and one of my senior lawyers said to me, oh, my my children are worried about me going into the office. And I said, that's it, we're going to go into lockdown. And um, it makes me a little bit emotional because it was very full on. Um and basically, within five days we we got everybody out, and we were working from home and it just we all plugged in and got up and got running and as a as a leader, um a lot of people actually point to that and say that was such a they yeah. felt in in the times of uncertainty, they felt so um supported and Wanted. and led, you know they had direction, they were told what to do, they were told when to do it, um and it operated, you know, perfectly and we were all we were in you know lockdown well before you know practically anybody was and so we everyone felt calm and supported and they just got on with their work and we didn't lose any time or productivity and, and everybody, you know, felt safe, which was yeah. Really What's well, so
0: interesting about what you shared, and and thank you for sharing that. And I, and it really goes to show, uh, we often talk about the vulnerability of leaders, and there are sometimes some decisions that we make that we we may like to have more information, but at that moment we've made a de- decision. We do the best that we can with the information in front of us, and through doing that, that that it gives your team that certainty. This is the direction that we're going forward with, and it's so good, isn't it, to get that reflection. And and as a leader too, I'd love your, you know, any insights that you can share for for others. Sometimes that vulnerability, we try and not hide that, so to speak, but as a leader, we think, oh, I need to have all of the answers. But our our team often will value, this is the feedback that I'm hearing, and I'd love your, you know, insights into this, that our team, often in the times that we're not sure, to reach out and have those open communications and and ask for their contributions so that you know what do you think and and just having that open communication and, and showing that vulnerability as the, the leader doesn't show weakness but actually can pull the team together. What's your experience been?
1: I think there's a balance as sadly there is with everything. I, I think that it, it's okay to say listen we made a mistake we we did the wrong thing. Um, we hoped that it would work out this way, but it didn't. And so um you know, oops, sorry about that. That's where we are. Um, I think I think people appreciate that, but they also need a but now. They need to know what's happening now. They need you to be a leader from that point. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to say, listen, I'm feeling, you know, upset or I'm feeling um, uncertain. But you got to take it and, and re- get back in front of it again. You can't just sort of sit back and say, you know, anyway, we made a mistake. Yep because people will start saying well okay that's great but who you know who's running this show yeah um and, and look I think I've done that in in the part done it in a bad way in the past where I've said you know where did I go wrong what could I do better but then didn't communicate this is what's happening now as a result of that we are now doing these things and i do that a lot better now and i'm a lot more um direct and decisive and clear about what's going to happen and probably as you know as a result of, of making those mistakes over the years
0: definitely mm. you know, i a think it's <laughs> Having a support network and I'm sure that you are connected with and have people in your circle. As you said, one of the things that you found incredibly helpful was being able to tap into the town hall that, and feedback from others who had experienced it and having that information from others supported you in making the decision. You know, for you and and the team. So often, if we're not sure, go out and, and, and look, do some research. There's got to be someone somewhere who's had a similar experience that can then share some insights that will help you come to a to some decision-making for for sure. I I love that. Now, something else that you promised to share a little bit more about, and I'm sure through the 30 team members and through experiencing yourself having children and, and juggling home and family and so forth, talk about how to juggle at home and the work so that our goals and dreams are not forgotten. Because sometimes we can lose ourselves, can't we, because we're doing all of the things for other people. So what have you learned? What are some insights that you can share here?
1: I've been particularly um, lucky or organised, or I I don't know what the word for it is, but um, my husband was a full-time and still is a full-time home dad. So I have incredible support on that front and that works really well for us as a family. It doesn't work for everybody, but works really well for us. Um, But, you know, with anything like that, he doesn't do it how I think I would do it. And so... And, and as a man, um, he has different priorities, I think, than what I would have. So, for example, I remember when the kids were little and um, I'd say, oh, I'm going to go out for a couple of hours on the weekend. And he would say, okay, I'll well, go off and do what you want. And, I, and So I would go and buy some things for the kids or I'd go and, you know, do something that was related to the family. My husband would go and watch a movie and I would just be so gobsmacked like how could you what a waste of time how could you watch a movie but for him that was a great way to relax and a great great way to unwind and he was like well I'm just going to do it I don't care um so it, it it's it was a lot of letting go of expectations um you know the kids you know we barely ironed anything we still don't so he, he would pick it up and shake it and put it on them and off they'd go to school and that's perfectly fine and look they've you know both finish school and they're both completely fine, they're functioning yeah. human beings. Um, and they'll probably buy a dryer and do what we did <laughs> just yeah. try and do so. You know, you, you can't micro again, it's the micromanagement. Like, if I if you agreed that that's what the role is, that's the role. It's not me coming in and saying, Well, you know, why wasn't the washing done today and why aren't the dishes done and. What have you done? And and not to say that I haven't done that. I've been terrible at times saying the terrible thing that no man would ever say to any woman. But I said, you know, what have you been doing all day?
0: <laughs> That's kind of do not open that can. <laughs> I know. And I did. And he's
1: got two little kids and a puppy. And you know, I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. And he's like yeah. I just cleaned the whole house, and at the last minute, they pulled everything over. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay,
0: yep. <laughs> I love that you've shared that because so often we get tied up or caught up in the things that really, in the whole scheme of things, doesn't really matter if there's a crinkle in their shirt or you know, there's, there's a different coloured sock. Not really, isn't it? If there's no. if, if the environment where people your, your kids feel loved and. Um, yeah, that that's so important, and and it's interesting that we can so often the things that we're doing at, at home we can we we bring some of those things into the workplace too, and it's the same at the workplace, isn't it? We can so often get caught up in the things that really don't matter in the overall scheme of things.
1: Mm. It really is
0: not going to matter, and that's such a good reminder, isn't it? Especially when there's so much going on that um, we need to navigate through anyway. Have you found that to be true too? Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you
1: can get bogged down in the minutia and, and worrying about things that really in five years' time, in two years' time, in five weeks' time won't make yeah. any difference to anything. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard though because, you you, you know, you, you're looking at the big picture but you don't really necessarily know what the big picture is until you've had the opportunity to stand back and survey everything and see, you know, what, it, what does it all look like? Um, and I suppose that's that's one of the things that I've found to be really important is having those big goals and then being able to tie everything back to, you know, does that relate to the priority? Does that relate to the goal or is, am, am I off on a tangent because I suddenly decided that, you know, everybody's got to have their letterhead put in a different way and they've got to sign off in a particular way? Like, you know, is that what we need to be focusing on?
0: Yes, so true, and that that really goes to show, doesn't it, that uh, having those goals, those main goals, and I'm sure that um, when we're looking at through the lens of of business is to make sure that the team. So you communicated the core values, but also what are our goals as a team? What are we working towards? And your team members are going to bring different strengths and skills and approach to that, but they're all heading in the one direction, isn't it? That's very Im- important. Um, the, the team find it a lot easier um, when there's a
1: common purpose and yeah. the common purpose can't be, well, we want to make more money because that doesn't really excite anybody except perhaps the business owner. So it's what what is your purpose? Why are you here? I mean, our, our purpose is to lead our family or cl- family clients to a better emotional place. Yeah. And, and that's not about making money. That's about getting them through the system and the process and, and getting them to finalisation um, and yeah. making them feel better than what they did when they turned up generally. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's something that people can can relate to and, and live by and comes back to the values and ties in very nicely.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And and I'm so glad that you shared that. And we're we're almost at the end of uh, today's uh, interview with you. But, you know, sharing a little bit more about the business and the core values, I think, as a leader of your business and what you've been able to share through the stories and what's important to you, it really just continues to, to share. When you shared the purpose, you know, what are you in business? What is your team in business to do is to help people navigate that through that as best as they can so that, as you say, they can continue on with with their lives. If people are wanting to find out more about your business, maybe, sadly, they are in in a position where they may need to come and talk to you or of one of your team members. What is the best way for them uh, to connect with you, Catherine? Uh, Our website's leechlegal.com.au, and um, you can contact
1: me through there. My email's on there. I'm also happy to talk to women about um, helping them get clarity to become authentic leaders, which is part of my coaching and executive um,
0: coaching. Side. Yeah, which is so important too, isn't it? So uh, we're streaming across all of the different platforms, LinkedIn as well. And of course, we'll tag Catherine in uh, that post as, as well. So for them to, to reach out, follow you there across the different platforms. And uh, if they're wanting to find out more about all of the things that you spoke about today, please reach out to Catherine. Catherine, it's been so much, so much fun speaking with you today. You're to really bringing that the heart and soul, if you will, you know, the feminization of business and how relevant is I think you just exude that in the way in which who you are how you show up and um, what a wonderful role model you must continue to be for your team but also for other women who are aspiring to be you know um, in a position that you're in and of course you do a lot of mentoring and coaching around that as well thank you for your continued work and support thank you Amory. it's been a pleasure thanks so and much and pleasure with you too thanks for coming on the show thank you You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.